0: Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how you can play a bigger game at work. And today's episode is inspired by Tara Moore's book, Playing Big. I have actually heard so many great things about this book from clients and other coaches and how empowering it was. And so I dove in last year and I finally read it for myself. It was amazing. I was impressed. And I wanted to share some of the highlights that I took away from the book. So Tara focuses her coaching practice on women. So the book is naturally targeted to women. However, I want to be honest that I know... About half of my audience is male, half is female, and many of these tips can be leveraged by anyone who's looking to have a bigger impact at work and really step up. So this episode is a follow-up to a recent one that I did called, Is Your Voice Being Heard? I received so much positive feedback from that episode, and so in it, I explained a very common example of how a woman feels like whenever she speaks up in a meeting, shares an idea, she gets crickets, no one responds or acknowledges what she has just said, and then, to make matters worse, five minutes later, a man steps in to share the exact same idea or thought, and everyone responds to him in a really positive way. So this scenario I think many women have experienced at some point in their career And also in that episode, I shared a tip that the women of the Obama administration started to use, and it's called amplification. And it is used to proactively really support other women and their respective ideas. So if you want to learn more about that tool, you can head back and check out that episode. Today, I want to share a number of common mistakes Which are specifically speech patterns or communication habits that Tara points out in her book. The book is called Playing Big. And women specifically are guilty of making these mistakes in the workplace. Now, I loved reading through these, and I can absolutely vouch for a lot of them that I've seen women do, and also for many of them that I have done. Hopefully, most of them I'm pretty aware of, and Not that I don't make the mistakes, but I catch myself when I'm making the mistake. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to explain where these speech patterns come from. Secondly, I'll share what the 10 speech patterns are that we make, the mistakes. And then in the third segment, I'll give you a few tips for how to change your behavior. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? So I'm going to share a list of 10 different speech patterns we use as women that really undermine our intelligence and our power in the workplace. But before I share these with you, I think it's important to point out that this is really about raising awareness, not blaming. I am not here pointing a finger. As women, we do many of these things because we've been socialized differently than men have. Even from a very young age, we're treated differently. We're taught to be pleasers. There are different expectations placed on women. We're given different toys, different opportunities, and there's different levels of behavior expected out of different genders. Now, I don't know about you, but it just sends me when I hear someone say, oh, well, boys will be boys, or when I hear someone give a compliment to a little girl that says, oh, you're just so pretty, and that's the only positive compliment that they can come up to give a little girl. Now, I wish we could start using more neutral and inclusive language that wouldn't just pigeonhole people into either male or female stereotypes, because that would then apply encouraging comments to someone who doesn't identify or feel like they fit into that two gender system, right? We want to be able to have lots of different compliments that really non-binary people can identify with as well. So we clearly have a lot of work to do. And I just wanted to really make sure I point out that if you do find yourself using any of these language patterns, don't beat yourself up. That's not the point of this episode. It's completely not your fault. You've been socialized. It's just that we want to take the time to really be conscious about what we're doing and how it's impacting us. So let's dive into these speech patterns to see how many of them you are familiar with. There's 10 of them, and I'll recap them at the end so you can, you know, give yourself a little quiz, a little score, see how many out of the 10 that you use regularly, all right? Number one, using hedges in our language, and this is specifically using the word just. And this can be when we are making a request or sharing a thought, for example... Can I just ask a quick question? I just had one more thought that I wanted to share. Using the word just in these scenarios isn't necessary. It's a filler word. It doesn't add any value. And in fact, it's actually doing harm because it ends up minimizing our request or our opinion that we're about to share. So what's really going on here is that we're holding a limiting belief, likely, of not wanting to ever impose on someone else or take up too much space. All right, number two. The second undermining speech pattern is using the word actually. So Tara explains that this makes it sound like you are surprised that you ha- and you have a question. It's also a filler word and it does not add any value and can actually detract from what you are saying. Number three, other hedges in general that we use. So kind of and almost. And we use these when we're uncomfortable and we don't feel confident enough to share our ideas. So linguists call these words hedges. And research shows us that low status and low power people use more hedges than high power people. And so women use more hedges than men do. And yes, I think... I would definitely be guilty of using these types of hedges too. I know I have in the past. Number four, using the term sorry, but basically any type of over explaining or over apologizing is damaging to us. I have double guilt on this one because I am female and I'm Canadian and we are notorious for over apologizing and saying sorry too darn much. Number five, saying a little bit. Women say, I'd like to take a few minutes of your time. I'd like to interrupt for just a little bit. As if what they are about to say isn't worthy of the time that their interruption is going to take. And this one is common. I see this one used by lots of different people, not just women. And I know I'm also guilty of this. When we use the word just, or we say a little bit like this, then it's about not wanting to take up space and not wanting to have people notice us. It's about wanting to fly under the radar. Number six, using disclaimers before we make a point or share an idea. For example, I'm just uh, thinking about this off the top of my head, but, or You've all been thinking about this way longer than I have, but I'm no expert, but here's what I think, or this is just an idea, but what if we, so we do this because of conditioning to be ever humble, especially as women, we are taught to be humble, to not be confrontational. And when we diminish our ideas like this, we automatically put ourselves in a lower power position. We can use alternative ways that don't diminish our thoughts. You could say something like, hey, let's do some brainstorming on this. Here are some of my thoughts and just say it in a more confident way. Number seven, ending statements with any sort of statement such as, does that make sense? This is an attempt to reach out to the audience to check in and find out if we were understood. Now the intention here is good. But research shows that women who use this are seen as less influential and less knowledgeable about their topic. And it's no wonder, right? Because when we ask, does that make sense? It suggests that we think we may have been incoherent in how we spoke, or we shared an idea that we actually don't really believe in. Number eight, up talk. Now, I've talked about this before. Up talk is when you raise your pitch at the end of a sentence. When you ask a question, your pitch gets higher at the end of a yes/no question. When women use up talk, their statements sound questioning and tentative. And research on up talk shows that listeners who use up talk aren't sure if what they are saying is relevant or valuable. Also, a sing-songy tone of voice is similar and can make the speaker come across as less authoritative. So here's a few examples of uptalk. I really think that this is a a good idea that could work versus I really think this is a good idea that could work. It sounds like when we use uptalk that we're trying to convince ourselves and the other person versus just making a statement with confidence. Number nine, rushing in and piling on words. (sighs) This one I definitely know I'm guilty of. This is where we make a perfectly good point, but instead of letting the point stand on its own and carry its own weight, because after all, it's a really good point. We keep talking, we keep adding phrases and statements on top of it. It's kind of like we start rambling and going on and on, and it sounds frenetic and it makes us sound insecure so imagine listening to this hey we're working hard on this and we want this up and running by x date and we're optimistic that it's gonna really get the right financing and that we can get there and you go on and on and on some research tells us that women really rush with their talking or they use piling on because they tend to be interrupted more than men do Again, this is back to the socialization that I talked about earlier. So they've developed this as a coping strategy over the years so that they are less likely to be interrupted by men during the pauses. But here's the thing. It's the pauses between sentences that really connote confidence. Let your idea stand alone. And lastly, number 10, substituting a question for a statement. When we fear coming on too strong, using a question rather than a statement seems like a good idea. If it feels too risky to say, I really think we need to increase the marketing budget. So we say, what if we increase the marketing budget? Women who use questions instead of statements may be perceived as not having a clear point of view because their ideas are always hidden as questions. Women often turn to questions rather than statements because we're avoiding conflict or visibility or not wanting to claim power. Okay. So let's recap those 10 and see if you can keep track of how many of these you are guilty of. Number one, using hedges like the word just. Two, using the word actually. Three, other hedges, such as kind of and almost. Four, using the term, sorry, but. Five, saying a little bit to minimize your request. Six, using disclaimers before we make a point or share an idea. Seven, ending statements with, does that make sense? Eight, up talk, going up at the end of a sentence. 9. Rushing and piling on the words. And 10. Substituting a question for a statement. Okay, so how did you do with the list? How many of the 10 do you see yourself either doing currently or in the past? Please don't be hard on yourself. Like I said earlier, the point of this isn't to shame you or feel bad. It's simply to make yourself conscious of these habits. And if you do have any of them that you do regularly, just to start to shift them. Now, if you feel inspired to make change in how you communicate, here's what I would suggest. Pick out one of these habits and really focus on changing that single habit one at a time. And then when you feel like you've mastered that or you're doing things differently, then move on to focus on something else. Now, you can share this growth intention with a colleague or with a boss for accountability because we don't always see ourselves as we truly are. And so they can be a great sounding board to really tell us the truth of how we're showing up. Okay, it's time to wrap up this episode on playing a bigger game. I'm curious, what are you taking away from this episode? What did you learn about yourself or about others? I would love to know and love to hear from any of you who have had these similar undermining speech patterns or habits that you are guilty of. Maybe you've used them in the past. Maybe you're still using them to date. It doesn't matter. And I do highly recommend Tara Moore's book, Playing Big, if you want to check that out. I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday for another great episode and remember that any fear any resistance that you hold deep inside of you is simply just your greatness in disguise.